Welcome to the Point of Difference AFL Fantasy Podcast, a fresh perspective on AFL Fantasy Classic brought to you by the Keeper League Pod. On this episode, Louis and I welcome a special guest to go bargain hunting, looking at some of those cheaper options for people looking for maybe some point of differences too there, Louis, on the stretch heading towards the buys and through the buys, plus some rookie options and your listener questions. It's the Pod Pod. Welcome to the Pod Pod. I'm Doss here with Louie, back in the same room, the the, the Ludio. Back in like Studio Lou. Yep, nice to be looking at you, Dossie. It is very nice to be back here in the Ludio. Now, Louie, how'd you go this week in round nine? We're heading into round ten. I think you're still continuing your rise up the rankings. Yeah, had a little bit of a bump up in rankings off the back of last week, so I'm up to 465, which is oh, that's legit. Quite, quite nice, but uh, look, it's a good position to be in before the buys, but I'm extremely hesitant to talk much about it because I just want to see where I am on the other side of the buys. But what about you, Dossie? Oh, yeah, no good, Lou. No, no good. good. I've done a few silly You did things. the Jew. I've, I've, yeah, I've, the Mountain Dew commercial, I've gone and done the Dew. And that is the Connor Menadou. <laughs> now, I don't know. I didn't really post much about it on the Twitter sphere. I think I might have chucked it some in the Pod Pod Plus group that I was looking at that option from North Melbourne. He had a 77 average, I think it was, without his um, without his sub vest on. So, unfortunately, pumped out a 29 for me after bringing Ooh. him in. And just really, it just is a showing of how my trades have gone of late. So, no good. On my side, Louis, only the 1867. I was a 27,000th for the round, and I'm down to 12, 12.6K overall. Oh, that's a shocker, Dossie. Uh, how am I going to come back? 27,000. You've got to help me. You've got to teach me the ways and bring me back into contention. Yeah, well, the buys are the great equaliser, mate. So uh, hopefully, over the next couple of weeks, we can drop some gems and. And all the listeners can uh, get a bit of a bump in the rankings over this next few weeks. I'm looking forward to it. I am looking forward to it. Hopefully, we can do- both do the same there, Louis. Nailed it, failed it for the week. Who'd you nail? i got to give it to Callum Mills. And this is for a body of work. So, I traded him in after round one. It was the Patrick Dangefield injury. So, oh, I have had him that long. Sideways to Callum Mills. And he's just gotten the job done. I think he's the top scoring defender so far this year. So... I uh, got to give it to him. He's my plus three or my, my nailed it rather, Dossie. What about you, mate? <laughs> uh, I'm just going to give it to Rory Laird because he got the 125. Just he's in so many teams that we don't give him enough respect sometimes. I think you've mentioned him a few times just when we talk about our, you know, top six targets in defense or, you know, just targets that if people don't have him, he's just a gun. He's playing midfield. 125 for me. And it was just, I only had, gee, I only had four. Five, five tons in my team, which, you know, isn't ideal, but Rory Laird pumping a 125 for me. At least at least he got me a good score there, Louie. Uh, failed it. Who you got for us this week? Uh, my failed it was Zach Merritt, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I tweeted out that day before the game. I said, I'm a little bit cagey about captaining Max Gorn. Mm. He went on to score 105, so not, not the end of the world. It's not a 140, which it could have been. Yeah. But, yeah, I captained Zach instead. Uh up until that point, had scored a ton in every single game and was tagged. The clamps were put on hard by Caleb Sarong. So, he just got the 64. Didn't and get I'm, a mark. I'm thankful for that, though, because Caleb Sarong was all over him. Didn't get a clearance. Unbelievable, really. And do you wonder, is that going to continue to happen in future weeks, given how successful they were at shutting him down? He's got North Melbourne this week. Do they put someone on him and try and do the same thing? Oh, bit of look- a Kane Turner, maybe? Possibly. That was a bit of a must-win game for Fremantle. They knew that they could get the Dons at their home ground there, so possibly. But um, at the same time, we saw that Darcy Parrish was able to get off the hook and uh, maybe was a little bit more damaging than what Zerrett was. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Maybe the tag slides across. It's yeah. uh, very interesting. But, yeah, it was a shame. And all our captains really didn't. A lot of our captain choices didn't fire this week. Grundy under 100. McRae no, just scraped None of the over. VC options mm. either. So, yeah, it's been a low-scoring week. And I think 2,200 pretty much got it done as the top score of the round. So, yeah. 100 points less than last week. That's good stuff. Um, You know what? I should have I should have said Jack Bytel as my nailed it as well with the big 77. 70, yep. Bytel, nice. I told you so there, uh, Louis. I, uh, no, I brought him in You've a couple of You've been happy ago. with that one, haven't you? 
<laughs> oh dear. My failed it. I, I've already said it. It was Conor Menadue. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, don't ever do the do. I think that's that's the moral of the story. That's it. Yep. All right. Well, let's move on, Lou Dog. And we'll just mention here, if you enjoy the podcast, then join up to be a member of Pod Pod Plus for an extra weekly podcast recorded on a Wednesday night with five-time top 100 finisher, The Statesman, with a heavy focus on answering your listener questions. You'll get to join the exclusive Pod Squad Facebook group as well to throw your trade ideas around, brainstorm with other Pod Pod Plus members, and you also get a shout out on this podcast. So, warm welcome to our latest Pod Pod Plus members. Uh, and this week, there's an again, there was a few more members this week. So, I'll read out some more next week. So, if you missed out, don't worry, you'll be on next week's show. Welcome to the Pod Squad, Joel Swift, Alex Moore. James Richardson, Paul Erickson, Taylor C, Joe Edmonds, John Harmy. Gee, that's a big name in the fantasy world there. Rings a bell, that one. Chris H, Nicholas Boxall, Ryan Merritt, Darcy K, Lexwell Turnbull, Harry Stever, Dylan Dunlop, Harry Davidson, Tyler Waters, Christian Deloico, Deloico Matthew Pisano, Matthew McClure, Sam Kane, Josh Partridge, and Zach Taylor. Huge amount of people massive joining list. us. Yeah. And a massive thank you to all our new members joining up. Welcome to the pod squad. Head to keepleaguepod.com.au, go to the premium resources tab and hit bonus episodes or click the link in the podcast description and sign up today. Now, a couple of things before we look at some rookies and bring on our special guest. Who is? Do we want to announce that right now? It's a yeah. Let's your do old it. Mate. Yeah. So Checkers is coming on the podcast. Obviously, used to host the Lane Kicking podcast with Checkers. Uh, came rank eleven or might have been ten just in twenty nineteen. So he's a pretty good coach. We're going to get him on, and he's going to have a bit of a chat about the buy rounds, which is where he sort of made his uh, ground last year or twenty nineteen. He's also going to talk about the bargain picks that he's really interested in. Really keen to get to chat to checkers as well, but we're going to talk about uh, just quickly the Thursday night teams. They're Finally. back this week, which I could have used them last week, to be honest, but yep, we're not yep. complaining. We've got them this week. Very excited about that, Louie. Just any thoughts on that? You're just, just going to be so much easier for some trade it's, thoughts. It's going to be a lot easier, and hopefully on that Thursday night, we can see a Trent Bianco named because mm. oh, I'm really counting on that one this week. Need that 170K injection. Yeah, I do. Yep. You're not too scared about it despite uh, other failings of 170K rookies in the past? Oh, look, you got to take a punt at some stage, and Bianco, a little bit like um, Jay Rantol, who I think he played a few games, didn't he? Oh, he played the one, mate, 29, oh, I reckon. Okay, well, maybe a abort mission, <laughs> get off Trent Bianco already. No, I'll back him in. He's been in the competition for a couple of years, yet mm. to get a senior game. Uh, I think Bucks is in a transition period now, and yeah. we're seeing that because Pendles isn't attending as many centre bounces. He's up forward, so. yeah. He's playing a half forward a bit, So, too. I think that's part of the transition, and in the next few weeks, we should see him- Play. Hopefully, he does play a few games, though. Mm. And we do have our chat with Checkers, just touching on the buyers briefly. But if you didn't catch our buy round chat last week, maybe check that one out because uh, we did cover it in depth on your um, strategies. And I think a fair few people were uh, very happy with dealing with the buy strategy the way that you've laid it out. So, uh, if you didn't hear that, check out last week's episode. We're going to talk to Checkers today a little bit about it. And also, Louis, teasing a little special guest for a couple of weeks' time. A couple of hats that bloke has, I believe, as well, Dossie. Would, would that be the Statesman, would it? No, it's no. not the Stato. No. Stato's got three, I think. This bloke's got two. Oh, so that's one to think about for the listeners. Mm. I wonder who that could be. He's coming up in, what, a week or two? Yep. I'll, I'll confirm that time, Dossie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you'd already messed him. We'll have to wait and see I, on I, that I one. I just nothing confirmed yet, but he'll be on. He'll be on. He'll be on. All right, it's time for the rookie segment, Show Me The Money. All right, show me the money. Top five rookie candidates based on job security and break even. Louis, you got some top fives for us this week. Let's yeah, top five. I do actually. I've got the top five, and this one I actually have ranked in job security because the one thing that all these rookies have in common that we're looking at downgrading to is that that job security is seriously shaky. Forget the scoring potential. I'm worried about the job security. So straight off the bat, too late on Ryan Burns now. You can't jump on. I think he's over 300k. Uh, his break-even's gone up to seven or eight, so still quite low. But as we know, I don't like paying too much for my rookies. I prefer to 
to squeeze every bit of juice out of them I can. So that being said, at number one, we do have one that's edging that mark. Riley Collier Dawkins, 290K. I don't mind still jumping on because he's still got that minus 18 break even. He actually attended the most center bounces for the Tigers on the weekend. Yeah, had the most out of anyone. According to our mate AFL stats, mate, over there, the official numbers from Champion Data haven't come out just yet, I don't reckon. But yeah, he, he was in there, truckload of centre bounces, back to where we thought he would be, uh, given all the injuries at Richmond. And yeah, negative 18 break even, you can't go wrong. And on field at the moment. Uh, yeah, I, I would put 80s. him on field for sure. And um, he's another one of those guys that's a bit of a mature age pick in that he was drafted a couple of years ago. He's finally getting a go at it now. So, so not too late is what you're saying as well. Not too late. This is probably the last week I'd do it. Uh, purely based on that minus 18 break even, but also that job security. I think it's going to be pretty good for the next month. Love it. Matt Owies, next up, not going to be a scorer. In fact, he's probably not even going to average 50. But when we're ranking by job security, yeah. I think Matt Owies has actually uh, bought himself a good month or two in that team. And I think now that Eddie Betts is getting on a little bit in years, they're looking for that next sort of guy to step up and- Matt always he's shown enough. I think he's averaging about two goals a game in the last three games. So no, I don't mind him. And at two fifty six k and a five break even, I don't mind him as a bench option to chase a little bit of cash and some job security. But he's certainly someone I wouldn't be putting near my field. Yeah, it's tough one paying up at that price. But uh, yeah. if we don't, maybe if we do get a one seventy k, you'd probably be happier. Would you be happier going there? Or, oh, I mean, I the would. job security I would, is there. Yeah, I, I think that always is a slow burn. The reason he's so high is because of that job security. I just don't see him getting dropped. Mm. And a lot of coaches, they're having to deal with these red dots. There's no point trading out Finlay McRae, for example, this yeah. week to a bloke who might be a red dot two weeks from now because you've actually wasted two trades trying to fix yeah. your buy structure. Agreed. Who's your third on the uh, top five for show me the money? Bit of a smoky. Thomas Highmore. So, <laughs> yeah. very common name for coaches to start with. Uh, many traded, many held, but Tom Highmore returned on the weekend. Finally got that green dot we're after. That's it. He got a 49, I think it was, yep. and he he looked pretty good. And Rats had some good words to say about him after the game. Oh, so, he did? Okay, I'm yep. glad to hear that. That's why I've got him at third there. 268k, 10 break even. Another one of those guys that's the mature age recruits. So, we always see that these guys that are a few years older do manage to score a little bit better. Surely he could move ahead of Frawley. He looked pathetic. Yeah, well- On the weekend. He, he, I, I reckon he can move ahead position, of Frawley, but, but uh, he's probably, you know, fighting for a position with Caulfield who was dropped on the weekend. So, we'll see how that one turns out. How's his first three games though? GWS, I mean, we would have thought GWS were a bit better this year. They're probably not really the contenders we thought, but- GWS Melbourne and Geelong for his first three games, Highmore that he's played. I mean, that's a pretty tough, tough three. And if he plays this week, it's going to be the dog. So he hasn't like, it's not like he's had an easy run yet for his scores. So hopefully he can stick around. In the that's team. it. And if he's playing the dogs, it's going to be in St. Kilda's back lines mm. pretty often. So yeah. uh, I'm pretty confident for a 50 from Highmore. Probably wouldn't put him on my field either, mm. but he'd go close. So definitely uh, your first emergency there. Uh, Caleb Polters next up, 288k. He's a bit expensive, probably one that I wouldn't really touch, but I do think that his job security is better than the next guy I've got on my list. He's got the eight break even. So look, I'll be honest, I wouldn't jump on Caleb Polter now, yeah. but, uh, he's probably the highest scorer bar RCD out of those first It's four actually hard to say. You'd think his job security would be way up there as well. He's looked confident and comfortable at the level. But at the same time, you don't know what the Bucks and the Pies are thinking for the next few weeks. So, or, you it. know, and even just going on for the season. So, you'd think that he would have job security, but yeah, that's that's going to be the tough thing for 288k. You probably avoid. Well, you can save 130k, Doss. You can go down to Ronan O'Connor, who we saw debut on the weekend mm. for Adelaide. Uh, he's going to be an inside ball one day. He had the eight tackles. I think eight he only tackles, had the one yeah. kick. Uh, didn't find a lot of the football. <laughs> So, he's someone, and he also had about 50% time on ground. So, based on what Nick sort of said after the game, it sounds to me that, yes, maybe he plays one more game, but I think this is a bloke that's getting a taste at AFL level, and then he's going to be sent back to state level to sort of do his homework and, and become a better player there. So, I've got him rounding out at five. I thought he was worth mentioning because he is the, I think he's the number one traded in player this week as a downgrade option. So, 
185k, nine break even. Even though he's on his, on this list, I just want to take the opportunity to say I would not be trading in O'Connor this week. Okay, you heard it here first. Lou Dog avoiding O'Connor. But, I mean, the fact he's fifth in your rookies, does that mean we're a bit thin uh, looking around? Oh, ex- extremely thin, yeah. I was looking at Matt Bunton today for <laughs> yeah. 270K. So, this is why hopefully we can get some Sam Hayes or we can get a Trent Bianco or Joel Weston, a Will Gould. The list goes on. Luke Valente. How many of these 170K guys have we been waiting three well, or four years I've for? I've even got a few more for us because there's the Prezies from the Rezies section within Show Me The Money that I've got now. And these are the guys that did pretty well in the state league sides on the weekend. And your boy here, Trent Bianco, 170K defender mid, I reckon he's he's got the both dual yeah, status. Yeah, really handy. Pretty handy. Um, second game back for this year. So, he played last week, carved up. We spoke about him last week. This week, again, 21 disposals, three marks, seven tackles. Loves to tackle at the VFL level at the moment for 98 AFL fantasy points. Gee, he's close to he's close. Question to without notice, Dossie. Uh, why is it only two games he's played this year? Was he so, he's coming back from injury. Coming back from injury. Yep. What was it? Uh, no. Did he do the preseason? I would not know that mm, answer there, okay. Dog. But, yeah, he's he hasn't played at all until last week. Yep. He's managed to play last week. He's obviously ready to play now. He, well, he, they he, have to have a look at him, don't they? Yeah. He's been on the list two or three years now. So, uh, if he doesn't play this week, surely he plays next. You'd hope so. Uh, Will Martin for Richmond. Now, after their great win on the weekend, you'd probably think a couple of these Tigers uh, perhaps don't get a gig. You know, they've they've sorted out how to sort out their midfield. Maybe a player we'll talk about a bit later as well uh, stepped into a midfield role and played pretty well. But Will Martin, 171K mid. He had 32, 7 and 7. I think he's about 171. He came in for one game and was pretty average uh, this year. But he had 32 disposals, 7 marks, 7 tackles for 121 fantasy points for the Richmond VFL side. Thompson Dow as well, another Dow uh, emerging uh, at 192K, also had a ton of the Sharon, but as a, again, they probably won't get a gig anytime soon. Uh, the other one I wanted to mention here, though, was Tom Hurd, son of a gun, 170K mid, 19 disposals with 16 kicks, five marks, five tackles for 90 AFL fantasy points. Well, is he playing halfback in the VFL? I reckon he must be with those that rat ratio there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We'd have to check out the Keeper League pod, uh, That's boys, an interesting to, one to get that, yep. uh, that insight there. Maybe same with the Trent Bianco uh, injury. Just from the there. same team, did you notice that Alec Waterman had a bit of a best on ground performance there too? I think he had like Ooh, 27 touches and, that's huge. and five tackles. So, that's got to take the eyes You're of the coaches. You're probably hoping he's back. Have you still, oh, yeah. you still got him uh, sitting on your pine there? Yeah, he's still sitting there in utility. So, I've got a sneaky chance that um, he'll play. Now, uh, I just wanted to mention this as well with Tom Hurd. So, Essendon, they've got a couple of guys with the uh, the names, you know, we, we go around the, the the fantasy guns of the competition. You call Tom Mitchell, it's Titchell, uh, Zach Merritt, Zerrett. Now, uh, another favourite coming through with Tom Hurd, of course, he's uh, the turd. So, uh, <laughs> oh, mind it, yeah. Get around him. Uh, also, Scotty Selwood just it, it piqued my interest. Scotty Selwood was playing his first game for the Pies VFL side. Not not in AFL fantasy anymore, but boy, do used to love my Scotty Selwood back in the day in fantasy. So, it's good to see him running out in the Pies VFL side there. You see Ben Cousins as well on the weekend, had a run. <sighs> Absolutely. He, he's eligible for the mid-season draft. <laughs> yeah, get him in. Get him in. Hey, if you want uh, sample VFL waffle numbers, I was focusing on the VFL ones this week. So, if you want to check out the waffle and sample as well, uh, you can support our sponsors at keeplegpod.com.au. Sign up there. Get access to all those state league uh, numbers as well as a breakout tracker, advanced centre bounce attendance uh, tables, weekly projections, the lot. So, Head over there. But, Louie, it's time to bring on your mate, Checkers, and go bargain hunting. Let's do it. All right, we got Checkers on to talk some bargain hunting and a little bit of buy strategy. Checkers, welcome to the show. Yeah, hey, thanks for having me. Um, been a while since I've been on a uh, fantasy podcast. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, mate. You're missing your old mate, uh, Louie, here as well in the studio. Yeah, it's been ages. It's been, geez, a year, over a year probably. <laughs> We've been uh, out of action, but still be playing fantasy. Don't worry about that. Yeah, how are you going this year, mate? Um, well, I don't know Louis bloody tearing up this year, so it's been a bit of a flip on how we've um, been going the last couple of years, but 
I don't know, I'm ranked about mid-2000s at the moment. Had a pretty good week last week, which sort of saved me a little bit. Ah, beautiful. But, uh, yeah, got a bit of cash up to do over these buy rounds. Yeah, they're the moving weeks. Yeah, so uh, speaking of buy rounds now, Louis has let us know that you've made a big leap in the rankings uh, during the buyers in the past. Do you have any words of wisdom for us? Louis let us know his strategies last week, but interesting to hear your takes on the buyers. Yeah, it was um, a couple of years ago. I think it was 2019. I ended up jumping from about 20K before the buyers, and I think I came out of the buyers inside the top 10. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so, a big yeah, jump. It's a, great, it's a great three-week stretch where you can just make up some real ranks. It's also a sort of period where I find a lot of people just give up on the comp. So you sort of, I don't know, going back to that year, I think there was about 80,000 people all signed up for fantasy, and I think probably after the buyers, you might have only had about twenty to 30,000 actually still participating or a lot of people give up on their overall ranks and start worrying about their leagues and, you know, it's a good time to sort of jump up the ranks if you're really concentrating. Um, the buy strategy, what I was doing in the past is I just like to write it out. I like to, I think me personally, I use like a whiteboard or a piece of paper, but I've seen a lot of people use like Excel sheets or documents. But yeah, if you can like color code your buyers and you sort of get, get a structure going, the big thing is just making sure you're preparing in advance. Like you don't want to rock up to the first week of the buyers and have, you know, you only got a couple of trades up your hand. You can't have donuts or anything like that. You got to start looking at it. I good coaches look at it round one, but you know, if you start looking at it now, you can still probably play catch up and get yourself in a good position. Um, we're pretty handy this year that Port have the first buyer, the round twelve buyer. So you've got players that are cash cows are sort of peaking out, like Fantasia, Bergman. Some people are still holding Lockie Jones, so that'll be a pretty easy move on. So don't stress too much. If you uh, haven't thought about it yet, you've, you're not that deep this year. I think that those poor trades are pretty handy. If you can start flo- floating a few of those poor guys out of your team in the next few weeks, you'll play catch up. Yeah, beautiful checkers. That's some real good advice there, mate. And uh, can you just confirm or deny for me if in 2019 that uh, buy round jump was off the back of one Jack Zebel? <laughs> yeah, I think it was. I actually think it was. Um, picked him up late in the buyers, and he, that's when he sort of had – he has a yearly spurt. Um, one thing I did write down in my notes when uh, you asked me about buyers, as I said, you don't want to be burning your trades in the buyers to um, just cover a donut. So, like, the bad coaches or the coaches who aren't paying attention, they'll just be freaking out, come the buyers. They'll start worrying about, oh, no, I've got a couple donuts here, and they're not really planning their trades effectively, whereas the good coaches are planning them now, planning them a couple of weeks ago, and they're going – all right, this player is going to be cheap in a few weeks and I've got his buy here and his buy here and they sort of structure their trades so they come out of the buy with a really strong team. So I sort of feel like if you're planning those trades in advance and you're ready for what's going to happen, they're almost worth like double trades. You know, you can really, really jump ranks on other people who are really under, you know, underprepared. Oh, man, that's that's awesome. I think um, if we add Louis' advice from last week and yours together, that's some uh, that's some lane kicking uh, quality content there, mate. That's uh, that's elite stuff. Um, no, that's really good stuff. Just to plan ahead and really maybe jot down your notes as well, and make sure you've really got that plan instead. Have you been? Is that something you've been thinking about then in regards to donuts? Have you been trying to fix your red dots uh, in these coming weeks before you get to those buys so that you don't panic trade? I'm just sort of preparing for when players, certain players are going to peak and when certain players are going to like bottom out. So we're looking at like Fantasia. We know he's sort of going to be peaking and probably this week, next week, just coming up to the bias. You know you want to move him on. You know players like Dustin Martin are going to be bottoming him out in the next few weeks. So if you're planning now, just a couple of rounds out, you can sort of have that in your mind and heading into that buy. These are the trades I'm going to pull. But if you come to buy around, you suddenly get shafted with a quick donut here or there. It ruins all your whole trade pro. You know, you're not thinking about the right trade you want to make. You're just sort of just covering up your field. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Hey, uh, we we got you on as well because we want to go bargain hunting now. People sometimes are trying to scrounge around for a bit of cash at this point of the year and also just make those trades that are bringing in, you know, buy low, sell high, the old fantasy conundrum there that we all follow along with. But we're looking at some cheaper options that are hopefully going to be in our team at least for a little bit and certainly carry us through the buys. So I've got you on here. We're going to go through our top 10. You and I are going to go back and forth and we're going to get comments as well along the way from Lou Dog in the studio. But I want you to kick us off. We're going to just go with our top 10, our combined top 10. Uh, we'll mention any special mentions as well at the end. But who you want to start us off with for our top 10 in bargain hunting? I'm going to flick up a name that really... Got me going last weekend, just gone. 
Um, I was having a really average round, like Captain in Grundy, Jack Bowes went down with injury, and it all got saved on Sunday night by Sean Darcy from Fremantle. Oh, I love so this one. Uh, I love this one. Dished up 133 um, on the very last game of Sunday. So, yeah, he's um, I, I put him down in my notes and I put next to him Rowan Marshall. So a lot of people that jumped on the Rowan Marshall train a couple of weeks ago are now going to need to force a trade. <laughs> Ruck forward, he's 10, Darcy's 10K cheaper than Marshall. So it's pretty much like an easy swap for swap. Now that Marshall's out with his foot. So if you are Rowan Marshall, and I'd probably just be looking straight at Sean Darcy now. I mean, he's uh, averaging like 97 in the last three weeks. He's got the round 14 buyer. And in the next four games, he plays the Bulldogs, Sydney, and the Suns in there. So, you know, teams that don't really have a wow. recognised Ruckman as well. Darcy being a very good tap Ruckman as well. So. Absolutely huge. I've been on this for a little while now. I think I said it on the pod pod uh, a few weeks ago. Statesman actually had a had a giggle at me saying I thought he was going to be a top six forward this year uh, and possibly the third best ruck in the competition, Shawnee Das. Now, he's had four 100s in his last five as well to add on to your stats there. So, I didn't know. He's, uh, he's, he's non-100 there came against Nick Nat as well. So, that's yeah. probably one of the hardest matchups you'll have in the whole year. That's out the way. I didn't know that uh, that juicy schedule in bounce, so I appreciate you bringing that as well. Um, yeah, just finally fit and firing, an absolute gun. You've got no arguments here on that one, and he's still 639K, so jump on board. I'll give you my first one here, and I'm just going to be obvious to allow you uh, some of the some of the different, different options, but I'll just go with Dusty at 590K. Bargain price, start of the year above 700K. We know what Dusty can do. I don't think... There's a stack that needs to be said about him. Injuries affected at Richmond. You don't think he's going to be moved out of the midfield. They need him in there at the moment. So, tunned up. It's been a while since he's he, since he's uh, given us a good score. I know owners are getting frustrated, but for non-owners, now's the time to jump on. And uh, it's it's not a sexy pick because it's, it's just dusty. You know, he's in a lot of teams already. It's just a pretty safe same. pick. It's, yeah, you're, not, you're not really pick. losing out. You're just getting him at his cheapest, really. He's bottoming out. He had that concussion. He's, you're probably not going to get a lot cheaper than, yeah, 578K. So, we're about just pick to- him up at his cheapest and hope he just bounces back to what we know he can do, which is probably mid to high 90s and maybe even over 100. That's it. We're about to pay for second half of the year, Dusty, which is totally different to first half. Often we see at the start of the year, he's just going through the motions, you know, just getting the getting the legs ticked over, but it's not until the second half where he really goes bang and we see some of those massive fantasy scores. Yeah, uh, Lou, uh, check is sorry. What's your third on this list of? I'll go with another obvious one from last week that everyone should have jumped on. I didn't see his ownership go up too great, but James Harms. If you didn't get on him last week, I still think there's probably time to jump on him at 540k. He has the crows this week. He hit at 84 on the weekend, which you know is probably around ball mark, but I think he's probably capable of going mid mid 90s as a defender at 540k. So. Probably your last week to jump on him if you if you're gonna do that. Yeah, I love it, mate. And he's also got that round fourteen buy, which is really handy. So we can jump off James Harms potentially in a couple of weeks at his eighty five average, we hope, and jump on a bloke like a you know, Josh Kelly or Lockie Whitfield. And he's also after round twelve, he's gonna get that DPP eligibility. So I really like Harms as a pick as well, checkers. No, Definitely, there's um there's a heap of defend defenders that are uh, sort of had a pretty average week the last few weeks. So yeah, I think grabbing a mid price defender in the next few weeks, you'll have blokes like Jordan Ridley bottoming out, Jack Bowes bottoming out, Whitfield bottoming out. So great time to jump on like a stepping stone right now in the in the back line. I've just been sketchy on Harms due to the fact that Viney's uh, scheduled back in the next week or two, maybe even this week, uh, depending on how things go with his toe. But does that scare you at all if you're bringing in someone knowing that their role could maybe be limited in the next coming week or two? I still think the break-even's there. You know, he's still going to make some coin. So, even if he does dish up a gross score, it's not It's not going to ruin your whole season. Um, so, you know, it's like a pretty much of a – it's like a – I'm not a free swing, but, you know, you know you can get a 90 to 100 out of him and at worst you're going to get a 40 to a 60 and you can just flip him off and you're not going to lose coin on it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've just been against the Harmsy. I know I know that uh, Lou is a big <laughs> fan, but I, I won't talk about it anymore. He's number three on our bargain hunting list. I'm going to go with a guy that's burnt a lot of people, including myself, but now that his price is probably bottomed out from here, I'd say it's time again. He, he's got the round 13 buy, so it's probably not a bad guy to pick up. 
Caleb Daniel at 584,000 for non-owners. Back to his best the past couple of weeks. It's always scary with the Bevo factor. He's certainly been had his role switch a couple of times, but um, we know we saw what he could do at the back end of last year. I reckon he had an average around that adjusted 115 odd in his last five over last year in the in the Corona system, of course. But 584k for non-owners, that's pretty pretty juicy price, Louis. Do you think? Yeah, look, he's still really cheap. He's been around that 575 mark for two weeks now. Uh, I like him as a fantasy player. I do. I just don't think that with what we've got available in our top six, top 10 defenders, that Caleb Daniel is in that bunch. The reason I say that is because Caleb Daniel relies on the ball to be distributed to him. So, he's not a massive ball winner. And also, last weekend, I think it was, we saw that Bevo just wanted to avoid that Caleb Daniel tag later on in the year. So, we thought he'd just throw him forward and see how he goes there, sort of add to his versatility a bit. That was the only reason he did it. That was the only, that was the reason that he said he did it. So, that's what I'd flag, the role with Caleb Daniel. But when he's got that sort of taking the kick-ins and that halfback role, then I think this year he can still be that 95 averaging player. Mm. Just right now, I'm a little bit cagey over jumping on a bloke like that. All right. Well, I think based on that, and I probably the moment I said it, it even as an owner that's nervous week to week with his role, I think we'll shuffle him down a few spots if this isn't in order ranks. I think we'll, we'll pop him down to around that seven. Maybe Mark, you happy with that check? Is you a bit sketchy on Daniel? Or are you pretty happy? Yeah, I, look, I looked at him last week pretty seriously. I was looking for a Lockie Shoal sort of upgrade, um, but yeah, like Louis said, he played three quarters up forward. Yeah, um, I think he was going back two weeks, and his break even was just about what I thought he'd score. So I thought I'd hold off a week. Liked his game against Port, but again, again, his break even is only 63. Say he comes out and tons up this week, you're not going to lose that much just to have a luck, sit back and have a look for another week. Nah, fair enough. Um, and, uh, yeah, you probably only can- lose out in that. 15 to 20K, so just sit back and watch it again, see what Beveridge does with his role. Maybe you can slot in a nicer option then at number four here for us on bargain hunting after I've shuffled Daniel down a few spots there. Yeah, geez. I've got a, a huge list of names here, but I just can't sort of like pick out a star. Um, mm. Patrick Cripps is on my mind at the moment. He's had wow. the news article come out about his back and he's sitting at about 600K, came out on the weekend and scored a ton. It's just a hard one. I don't I feel like it's going to be very hard to refuse if he drops under 600k and it's one that should be on your, like your watch list because we know he can go bang. He can he can really go 115, 120 average like those premium guys. So Yeah, it's it's a tough one, isn't it, Louis? What do you think on Cripper? I mean, he, you know, definitely not at his best this season. Did have the ton. He's got Hawks, Sydney and West Coast before the round 13 buy. Yeah, so Checkers is right. Cripps is getting to that sort of price tag now where you do have to start taking a serious look at him because what we've seen from Cripps, even though he's not probably in the form that he was a couple of years ago, he's a player that can really go out and post a 160. Even if he scores 80 the next week, he ends up being that sort of 120 averaging player over the course of a few weeks during pretty much every season. So, if you can nail jumping on Cripps this year, if he finds a bit of form, then he's a super option to jump on. Really good one. Yeah, I like it as well. Um, I hadn't actually thought of him. I didn't definitely didn't have him on my list here just because I'm of I'm not all sold the- on it. It's just yeah. one that I have keep circling around. I'm like, yeah, this this guy can't be, you know, you can't ignore it. You got to look back at it and just- No, you've got it and you've got to get know, in it's early. It's a tough one. It's so nervous. It's yep. a nervous pick, but- On these ones, you you've find got to his get hot in streak. Yeah. Um, so my next one, I'm going to go the safe ones, probably because later in later in this list, I'm definitely going to go a bit risque. Oh, so no. I want to get the safe. <laughs> I want to get the safe ones out early, so I don't get too much shit from Louis here. Um, this one's just Jordan Ridley at 597k, uh, cheap as chips for a potential top six defender. I think. Maybe we've gone a little bit cooler on him. His ceiling's not as high, maybe without as many kick-ins. I think we've seen Redmond and Heppel stealing a few, especially Redmond. That's been sort of the surprise. Yeah, packet. Redmond's been dominating um, it. Redmond potentially another bargain there, but he's still been solid. Ridley for a ninety to ninety-five plus defender, I think, and at his price, especially. I guess the the issue is like his knee; it's strapped up. He does look slightly more proppy than. He usually has looked, but he's just going to work his way into form. And uh, you like Ridley as well as a cheaper option there? Yeah, Tickets. I was real hot on Ridley. I think when Caleb Daniel went down with his 20 a couple of weeks ago on the suspension, I had to toss up between Ridley and Jack Bowes. Yeah. So, that was, you know, that was a tough 50-50. I went up, went with Bowes in the end, but oh. Ridley was very high on that list. 
Um, I think he's got a break even in the 90s still. So if you are worried about his leg, I mean, you, you said his ceiling's not massive at the moment because of those kick-ins. He's probably just going to dish up 90s. And I think we won't see his price jump back up just yet. So if you would like, you have to look at your buy structure. I don't know what other people's team's buy structures are, but if I was reading my team, he doesn't fit my buy structure this week. So I'll probably wait till I just after the buys jump on him. Probably won't lose that much cash because he's, you know, still at a break even in the 90s and he's dishing up 97 last week. So it's one you can probably sit on the fence for if you really need to. But yeah, I, I do like him. He's, when he takes the kick-ins, he's a freak. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Louis, you're of course, I think he's in your trade plans this week as well. Ridley, you're a big fan? Yeah, there's a good chance Ridley comes in for me this week. I guess I'd liken him a little bit to Tom Stewart where he doesn't have that frightening ceiling of a, even a 120, but he's generally a guy that you can bank on an 80 to a 105. So I like Ridley for that reason. And that's probably the reason he ends up being a top six defender because he is that sort of level of consistency above the rest. But at his price, just like Cripps, uh, he's getting hard to ignore now. And for me, actually, the buyer structure really suits me. Yeah, there, there you go. There's the other argument of it. If you are looking at that buyer, he's a nice option. I love that Tom Stewart comparison just in terms of, um, you know, the ceiling might not be great, but especially Tom Stewart as well, when he does go on a run, and we have seen that with Ridley at the start of this year, if he has the pure role, then you're also going to get an awesome ceiling games as well. So, and he does have that potential if he gets the role permanently. That's it. We stretch. may also see him build up those kick-ins again. He started the year taking pretty much everything. He had a mortgage on him. He misses a game, then he misses, well, he misses most of a game, then he misses the next game with concussion. I think maybe uh, they just made a few tinkers, took advantage of him not being in the side. I reckon we'll see his kick-ins rise up again. Perfect. Hey, uh, Checkers, who's your next one on this list? I think we're at about we're at about number six because we've slid Daniel down to number seven, so we'll skip over him in a minute, but number six on the bargain hunting list. I'll just chuck the obvious one up. This one that's just circulating social media this week, Isaac Heaney at yep. 481K. Um, he obviously had his injury concerns. He went down to 3% ownership. Um, but they kicked three goals against the Magpies last week, played a little bit up on the wing and scored 107. So I'm not a massive fan. I don't think he is the player he was a couple of years ago and I don't think his role will ever be that same role until we see that midfield shift at Sydney. But if he can keep kicking a couple of snags and if he finds himself on the wing a little bit, he can definitely be like an 80 to 85, maybe even 90 average player. And at 481K, that's a bargain. So it's one that a lot of coaches probably look at this week. Yeah, Louis, what do you think on Heaney? I'm in the same boat as Czech. He's just a little bit cagey in the sense that we've just seen, you know, he kicked three goals against the Pies to get his ton. A ton's a great score, don't get me wrong. But, I mean, we saw someone like Dugowie last week ton up for you, Louis, and you've been waiting a long time for him to ton up only to come back to earth this week. And it was a weaker opposition that Heaney was playing. Do you think there's potential for that to happen as well with Heaney over the coming weeks? Oh, with any forward, there's that potential when... When it's a tough game, they're not going to score as well. When they're getting on top, they're going to score pretty well. So, at like we've like's been the theme of this list actually. At his price now, Isaac Heaney's becoming really hard to ignore. I think he's an eighty-five averaging career fantasy player across his career and moving forwards as long as he's in that role currently. So, at four hundred and eighty k, there's not a lot of downside. There presents a lot of upside. And if you're using a red dot to get to him, let's say you're trading in two. You're trading out two red dots and you're bringing in a Heaney on the other end, then that's a really good trade. Yeah, don't mind it. Now we get into the loose part of the uh, of my <laughs> list. Uh, oh, no. Oh, Louis. Uh, I don't know if this is that loose, though, after seeing how well he played on the weekend. Now, I don't know how far the injury's away. I'll, ha- I'll have to check the injury list to see a few of these guys at Richmond when they're coming back. But we've got Bolton still a couple of weeks away. Trent Cotchin. Two to four weeks. I've got the, the list up right now. I know who you're going to say. Uh, four to six for Shane Edwards. So this, and still a couple of weeks away for Presti. If, if Presti comes back, it might be hard to hard to do it. But if he's still away for a few weeks over these buy stretch, Liam Baker at 566K, 19 kicks, 16 handballs, six tackles, three marks for 118 fantasy points in his first proper taste of serious inside midfield time. Ever, was it? Might be ever. Could have been. I'm sure he played as a junior, but yeah, he looked good on the weekend and that was a role that obviously it's been created from those injuries that you mentioned and now all of a sudden we've got a guy who's priced at 566K, he's just put up 118. Defender eligible. And he's averaging 87.3 across his last three. So, 
if you take all that into account, he's definitely underpriced. It's just what do you think he averages from here, Dossie? Well, I just see him as a personally as a less risky option than even like a James Harms, who I see the I see the mid time just disintegrating quicker than Baker, and Baker's got a ceiling. So while he's got the role, he could put up these Laird type numbers. You know, he look he, he's a real goer in there, uh, and I'd be really interested to hear Checker's thoughts. I mean, he had. 18 of 29 centre bounce attendances according to AFL stats, mate. So, check out uh, Champion Data as well when those numbers come out. So, he was one of the big three attendees alongside RCD and Dusty. Checkers, does Liam Baker, defender eligible, 566k, tempt you at all? 566, I'd probably be leaning towards maybe just going Caleb Daniel with that price or Ridley, he's not far off that. Mm. Um, if he was just a little bit cheaper, I'd be keen. But that Richmond midfield, there's definitely going to be value there. I saw... Collier Dawkins, as soon as that Richmond team Shane got named, you knew he was going to have a pretty, a pretty, you know, half decent score for a rookie. And I think if Baker's in that midfield, then there's definitely going to be scores to be had there. I don't mind the the Laird comparison in that you know he, he does hit packs hard. He does sort of get those one twos um, like a Laird would. But the other good thing about Baker is he does tackle as well. So he um he's a bit of a pressure player. So I, I don't mind it. It'd be a pretty good point of difference pick, but it's probably not one that I would hone in on too much when you got blokes like Caleb Daniel and and Jordan Ridley sort of just not far off that price mark. Look, I did say it was going to get loose there, checkers, but uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm a big I'm a big fan of the bake. I don't I don't mind it at all. Uh, who's your next player? We're rounding out the top ten here. We've got number nine. Who have you got for us? I'll dish up another defender. I think it's a week good week for defenders, especially if you've got. I mean, not 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 a higher percentage player, but Jack Bowes is injured. You've got Lockie Shoal probably topping out. There's um there's definitely going to be some value to be had in defence. I think Nick Newman making his return on the weekend Ooh. at 546k at 85 points. We know what he's done in the past. You probably wait another week on this one, but yeah, if him and Doherty link up on that halfback flank, there's going to be points galore. That's what a, a pick! Goal. I didn't even know he played on the weekend, but an 85, <laughs> not too bad on debut. Nick Newman, he's been a bit of a fantasy jet in the past, Dossie. What do you reckon there, mate? You've got a massive grit on your face. <laughs> this is right up your alley. Oh, well, I think I think it's even possibly looser than some of my picks here, Checkers. I think you've outdone <laughs> me, mate. That's unbelievable scenes. But he's got Hawks, Sydney and West Coast as well on the, on the Carlton here. But I might even have another blue for us in a minute. But- 83% time on ground. That's great on return. You would have thought they would have eased And the him fact they in. sort of pushed him straight back in after his long injury layoff. I mean, we had issues in the past where he wasn't in the best 22 or he was a bit of a, you know, you had that that doubt about him when you had him, you know, that whether he's going to keep his spot because they do have Doherty and they do have Saad and Zach Williams. and But the fact that he went straight back in the team and, you know, it showed a little bit of confidence in there. I wouldn't mind watching again this week and sort of honing in a good point of difference pick there. Absolutely. I'm, I'm proud of you there, Jackies. I'm <laughs> glad we got you on board. Well, I've got, funnily enough, we're going to have three blues in our top 10 uh, after this, which I don't like the look of that necessarily. But my final pick here, again, it's on the looser side of things for bargains. But my little eyes. Oh, no. Was I know who it is. Looking at those centre bounces. <laughs> now, I don't think he attended a stack, but certainly was running through the midfield. I would love to see the centre bounces for this one. So, the Blues have been using David Cunningham at the centre bounces, which has been a pretty big change. Like, David Cunningham coming in for centre bounces, that's pretty strange. But they just haven't been able to get a different look in there with Cripps. And they're trying to find a bit of speed, trying to find that burst, that bit of difference in there. And Cunningham had been that guy. Now, he, of course, got injured in the first couple of minutes of the game. They had to look elsewhere. Now, immediately you'd think, okay, Zach Williams probably just goes back in there. He's He's been their guy. He was moved into defence this week and stayed there all game. So, I think he might have been in there a little bit, but was primarily playing as a defender, which, you know, that hurts a lot of people that have held on to him. It's been a disaster run for Zach Williams. But a guy that moved in there instead was Lockie Fogarty. Now, 501,000, that's on the very cheaper end. He's a guy that I'd be looking to take on, a guy like Heaney for 20K extra. Now, we've got to see who's named in the team. But if a guy like um, Paddy Dow gets named, for instance, he's only going to play 60% time on ground and get a few centre bounces. Lockie Fogarty, they're going to have trust in him to play that role. And he put up a 96 in a tough game. So, that's only just behind your your boy Cripps that you've got here as well. Um 
who dropped the ton. So I think if he gets this role, he's a potential 90 to 100 from here. If And it's a big if if he gets the role. Checkers, is that on the looser side as well for you, mate? Yeah, he had a few good scores early on in the season. He was pretty draft relevant because he's probably slipped a lot of people's radars very early on. Um, and they were mostly off the back of tackles. So I'd be keen to see if he can rack up the possessions in the midfield. He's got a complete game. At the start of the year, it was mostly just tackles and a couple of goals. But now if he's finding the footy as well, could be very dangerous. Geelong let him slip, and I feel like they're going to let a few few very good players slip in the next couple of years. So, yeah, I don't, I don't mind it. It'd be it'd be real out of the box. It's pretty loose. Um, <laughs> I would love to know his ownership. It's of just like probably top top thousand coaches or something like that mm. because he's probably got a lot of coaches that picked him up early, just jumping on the hype train. But uh, yeah, I think in that top thousand, he'd be really. Really point of difference. I think especially like you're looking at a guy like Heaney around 14 buy. Some people are heavy on that buy as well. You've got Fogarty who's the 13, around 13 buy. And the thing we're worried about Heaney is that mid-time that, you know, isn't there. He's, he's not playing a stack of mid-time. Well, no, but mid-time shouldn't be a concern at all because we haven't really seen Isaac Heaney play midfield in his fantasy career. He's always been that 85 to 90 guy as a forward. He's still got that role. So I do have a lot of confidence that he's still going to be an 85 averaging player. I think it's you're right in that use the buy rounds to split hairs. Look, you might be keener on Fogarty, but you might be heavier on round 14 buy. So maybe you go, okay, I'll trade in Heaney this week and I'll cop the 85. Worst case scenario. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But do, do you see what I'm saying? Like mm. it, it's a really good decision maker there. So, you know, you factor it in, sometimes it makes your decision a little bit easier. Yeah, no, it's a good point there. And, and it is, it's definitely uh, pending team sheets and stuff as well for Fog- Fogarty or Fogarty. I, I think um, you have to look at that because if they're bringing in guys to replace that role, then, you know, that probably rules him out as an option. So I do want to flag that. Heaney's certainly safer for people out there. If you want to go a bit loose, I'm just flagging. He might be a cheeky option. Now, check is we've, we've gone our top 10, but do you have any guys that maybe missed the cut that you want to just mention quickly? Yeah, I had a couple. I put Jesse Hogan down early, kicked, yes. kicked a few snags in his first couple of games back. Um, when he dish up 78 and 104. Um, but just worried now, he has the round 12 bye. He plays West Coast and Brisbane. So he's going to be looking at you know some pretty hard defense options. And then I also refreshed the AFL app and Toby Green's been named out for a month. So mm. I think all the, uh, all the attention will go on Hogan's shoulders now. And I just don't know how he goes after having all that time out of the game, you know, sort of making this comeback. We didn't expect him to come back like this. Um, and, yeah, I just wonder if he will be able to keep those scores up. The only thing that was sort of like floating me in that area was that Taylor Walker type mould where the new game style and key forwards are really sort of like benefiting from that fantasy-wise. So it's an interesting one. West Coast and Brisbane is a hard thing, though. I just I couldn't pick him with Harris Andrews matchup and – all the Eagles defenders they've got, McGovern, if he's back. I, don't, I haven't even looked at the West Coast game in the last couple of weeks. But <laughs> Just on that Toby Green injury that you mentioned there, Check is do you think that what we could see in the next couple of weeks and what we have already have seen this season, uh, Brent Daniels is injured. We've seen that um, you've just mentioned the injury to um, Toby Green. Do we see Josh Kelly return up forward? Yeah, that would be a big concern, I think. Uh, I feel bad. For, I've had Kelly's the start of the season, so I don't feel bad for myself, but I feel bad for all the coaches that just hopped on last week um, because it probably is going to have to rotate a midfielder up there. I went through some VFL stats and, look, GWS got pumped by 100 points on the weekend in the VFL. They only kicked three goals for the day, so there's no one really screaming out in the twos to fill Green's role. They've got a heap of key forwards in Himmelberg and Riccardi and Hogan, but they really need that small, so... They do have a lot of great midfielders who can play small, but yeah, I just can't see him sort of, you know, it's going to be a midfielder. And I, Kelly's the obvious choice for me. Yeah, that, that is something of concern for, for Brand. Breaking Fresh news, owners. yep. Yeah, his, his centre bounce has dropped this week and he still scored well. You just wonder that was probably a bit more wing time than it was forward. So just monitor that. I wouldn't panic too quickly. Don't worry just yet, but yeah, definitely keep an eye on it. Uh, I had a couple of names. Jack Scrimshaw, you couldn't probably do it. It's round 12 by. He's got Carlton and Gold Coast, but he's been one of the most informed players uh, playing in defence, even getting a little bit of a run in the midfield in the last game or two. Uh, just one that I, you know, I don't think I could do it. I'd be much comfortable with the other guys on our list. One other one. Bailey Smith at 579K. Now, he actually scored poorly on the weekend, so he's definitely off your radar. But in the next week or two, he's got the 13 by uptick in center bounce usage this week. So, center bounces were up. 
that's massive for him. And I think just monitor that going forward because if he's the Dunkley replacement, if he does end up playing more inside, we could see him as a 9,500 guy and he'll be under 600K. He'll be in that five. 60 bracket probably by next week. So, that's pretty massive, I reckon, for a, for a midfielder. you have any names here? Just any last one there? To I had another out? Doggies player on my list. He didn't end up scoring fantastic in the end, but Bailey Dale. They got Lockie Hunter back this week. Dale was racking up the touch. I think he had like 20 touches or 19 touches in the first half against Paul, and he ended up with about a mid-80 score. But it's one to watch. I just wonder when Hunter comes back and that sort of like that whole doggy structure shifts a bit. I'd love to watch his role this week and just see what it is because he has got that ability. He's sort of like a 190-centimetre sort of midfielder, modern-day midfielder, sort of like a Josh Dunkley. Been dishing off some okay scores, and I just see if that, that midfield dynamic shifts a little bit. It might benefit in his favour. I'm not exactly sure, but it's one that I've got on my watch list for this, this round. Um, and I'd love to throw over to Louis and just get his thoughts. I'm not sure if he's announced it yet or I don't want to blow his cover on his real point of difference, but... He was talking heavily on a young Brisbane small forward midfielder last week, and I just love to hear what he has to say about his game on the weekend. Yeah, so I did end up bringing in that player checkers, and that was of course Zach Bailey, who's the he's a midfielder forward. I brought him in last week at four hundred and eighty five k or four hundred and sixty nine k. It was so uh, he was a little bit underpriced. He saw an uptick in his CBAs the same game that Neil got injured about four weeks ago. So he started there with 13% CBAs. The next game entirely without Neil, up to 27. And then up into his third game was 43%. So I think he did have a slight regression this week. I haven't seen the um, the official numbers, but he's someone I'm really keen on because he had such good junior numbers and he's clearly a player that the Brisbane Lions have flagged. They want him in the midfield. They want him to develop Right now, they've got um, Matheson and Devin Robertson doing quite a bit of heavy lifting there. So, I think in the next few weeks especially, we'll see Zach Bailey, I'm hoping, average that sort of 80 mark, which is actually 13 points underpriced, what is priced at now. There you go, Chase. Yeah, he kicked, um, kicked two snags on the weekend. I watched the game. I didn't see a lot in the midfield, but he does look dangerous around the contest. So, I feel like, yeah, they are playing a very, like, with Matheson and Robertson, there's not you know it's not their best string midfield, so it wouldn't take much for Bailey to get himself in there full time, and you know he can be dangerous. He had that breakout sort of the other year. He was averaging mid to high eighties, and he is a young gun, up and coming. So that was a real good pick. It was one I was tossing up for trades late on um, Saturday Saturday morning before the first game kicked off. So yeah, no, I'll be interested to watch him kick off this week. See if he can pump out an eighty five or a ninety for you. Yeah, Reese Matheson and Devrob unfortunately got the little bit of a bump there for you, Louis, to push Ma- him Matheson's out. Matheson's another sneaky one for your top 10 bargains there too. I think he's only about 450. I just wouldn't trust the job security. All right. Well, there's plenty of uh, pods there for the pod pod. Glad to finish on a few point of difference. Check is there. on absolute fire there with that list. Oh, yeah. I'm going to steal some of those. Yeah, love that, Check. Doing my homework. Hey, uh, thanks, Heaps, for joining us as well. And uh, we've got to get you, we've got to get your social medias or something to plug. You've got a Spotify little thing we could follow as well as DJ Check is. What, what have you got for us? Oh, yeah. You can suss it out if you want. You can listen to some footy remixes if you want. Uh, <laughs> I'm not really fast. Just keep pumping out fantasy scores and uh, hopefully you don't beat me because I need to make a comeback so I don't cop absolutely roasting from Louis at the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see you. If you're sitting 2,000 now and you came back to top 10 after coming 20,000th, I'm looking forward to where you'll be You'll be wearing the hat, mate, after after the buyers. You'll be that that far up the list. So looking forward to your rise there, Checkers. But, mate, thanks again for joining us. Cheers for having me on. Good luck. Good on you, Checkers. Good luck, mate. Mate, some awesome insights from your mate Checkers there, uh, Lou Dog. Pretty, I'm, I'm reckon he's going to be up the rise. You better be watching your back. There oh in the yeah, he, he'll be on your toes. He's a very good fantasy coach. So even though he's ranked two thousand, like he said, he was ranked twenty thousand before the buys in twenty nineteen. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Checkers well and truly up there this year. Mate, and Shawnee Darcy at number one. You've got to love it. You've just got to love it. That, that put a big smile know. on your face. Everyone, didn't it? everyone, just at Statesman thirty three on Twitter and let him know Shawnee Darcy top six forward. It's in, it's in the works. It's, it's a possibility. I think I got him. 10 Tempted on Baker and uh, Fogarty there as well, Lou Dog. I reckon we might see his cha- trade plans change after those uh, cheeky little uh, bargains there. All right, we better get on to some listener questions quickly now. Sorry if you've heard uh, the the mighty P- 
Looch in the background, yeah. Lou Dog. Good old Bazza, Barry. Big Baz. He's been making a bit of a racket, but hopefully it hasn't been too bad on your ears, I think. You probably only hear it slightly in the background, I think, so hopefully. But uh, we are going to power through just the Facebook questions here because Baz does want to get some love from Louie here. So we are going to answer all the Twitter questions on Pod Pod Plus this week. Uh, so join up if you want to hear that. Now, that's going to be... With you, Louis, you're coming on with Stato. More debut episodes, so it'll be really good to um, just throw some stuff at Stato and see what comes back. I think it'll be a. Uh, I think it's going to be a must listen, don't you? On oh. this Wednesday for the Pod Pod Plus, <laughs> absolutely. But because we are running short on time, we are do still want to get to some questions on the Facebook. So we'll just answer uh, these because there was a few less on Facebook than there was on the Twitter sphere, which we will get to those, of course, uh, on the Wednesday. But here is. The Facebook questions, this one from Michael, Shoal and Power to Ridley and Brayshaw or hold Shoal and upgrade Power to Guthrie, Oliver or Lyons. So, he's got 255k in the bank and only had Finlay McRae and Cahill as red dots this week. First option, it's really difficult for me to pay up max price for those sorts of guys. I know they're killing it at the moment, but- I always like to see a little bit of upside in who I'm trading in and, and Ridley definitely presents probably 10 points upside, whereas blokes like Guthrie and Lyons probably present 10 points downside from this point on. Stuart says Billings or Ridley feels like he might be able to wait a week more on Ridley. Now, I reckon maybe Checkers was sort of saying maybe we can maybe get another look there. Yeah, so you have to worry with Ridley with their key position stocks at Essendon that he's going to play a lockdown role every now and then. Uh, Early on in the year, a lot of his scoring was facilitated from those kick-ins, so he was probably closer to a 70 guy. We've just got to remember that. Uh, In terms of going Billings over Ridley, I love it. I think Billings has shown a serious ceiling, and uh, from what I can see, he's playing on that wing and, and Saints got to win on the weekend. So, I'd back in Billings and uh, and I'll just wait on Ridley a little bit. Billings is a gun as well. And you can probably set himself up as a top six forward, whereas you're saying maybe there's some questions about Ridley as a top six guaranteed defender. Yeah, there's, there's question marks over both, I think. Brad wants to know, is it too much to overlook form with Shoal and focus on handy his, how handy his buy is? And if he goes to Duncan, is he too expensive to chase? Very expensive. Uh, look, I don't like trading mid-prices, even your Lockie Shoal. I've still got Jordan to go. I don't like trading these mid-price guys before rookies on field, even if they're killing it. Okay, maybe I might make an exception with James Jordan at the moment. Coming off pretty much a 100 average the last three weeks. So, maybe you keep him. But apart from that, I'd be looking to move on some rookies. Hopefully, you can get something good on the other end. But in terms of paying up for Duncan, I know he's a gun. I know he's going at 130 average pretty much his last three. But you're paying top dollar now. And what did we see in round one, Dossie? We saw coaches that played up for paid up for Gorn, Lloyd. Uh, Whitfield didn't play. But last year, when he was max price, they all got burnt. Because there was nothing but downside with what they were priced at. Yeah, you're not wrong, uh, Louis. So you're saying stay strong with Shoal and just ride it out for now. He's not stay strong for now. It it helps his buy structure too. He's not a rookie, and he's still going to put up some nice scores, especially when it opens up a bit. You know, it's been a bit of high pressure games lately. Hopefully, he can get off the chain in the coming weeks. Johnny Vogan, uh, the final question on Facebook: best value premium that doesn't have the first buy. So, looking at round thirteen and fourteen premiums best value i mean we probably spoke about one before with billings yeah pretty i think nicely valued. that came to mind straight away dusty billings and ridley are probably your main three uh brad crouch is another one who's right down there in his pricing at the moment uh bailey smith if you were keen on him yeah, he we, doesn't have that round 12 fight either so we just did a list for yeah, you have so. a look but there, there are a lot of players isaac Heaney, there's a lot of players Lockie that, fogarty yeah well maybe um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of players that don't have that round 12 buy that you can target. Some really good ones too. All right. Well, thanks for all those listening questions. Again, we'll get to some of the ones from Twitter as well on the Wednesday show. Uh, sign up to Pod Pod Plus for that one. And we will try and next week get to uh, more of your listener questions on the main show as well. We just ran out of time speaking with Checkers. It was great. Great chat, though, and hope you guys enjoyed it. You can follow us at PodPodAFL on Twitter, and we're also on Facebook and Instagram as well. Just find us at Point of Difference AFL Fantasy Podcast on there. 
Louis, any final thoughts? Your tra- early trade plans, maybe, before we head off? Uh, look, my trade plans are probably bringing in a 170K rookie. I think, regardless, I might punt on that. Uh, whether or not that's someone who's playing or whether or not it's going early on Bianco, it probably won't be, but that's where I'm looking there. On the other end, I'm looking at getting Sam Berry, who's on my bench, up to Ridley. So, yeah, basically, I'm trading two bench rookies this week. Uh, one up, one down to bring another premium onto the field. And uh, going into round 10 with just the two rookies on field. So hopefully I can field a full team before the buyers and be in a really good spot. That's good stuff. And I'm probably just going to, honestly, I'll just be looking at that that list we made today because I'm in a situation where I'll probably be trading out maybe a POW and even maybe a Markov. Just need to sort out my round 12 buy structure here. So I'm trying to get... Um, listening to you, Checkers, Stato, and just sort my buy structure out. I'm very heavy on the 12ers, so I need to get them out. Are you heavy on 12? I, I am. A bit too heavy. Just brought in Menadu. Yeah, I know. It was- Oh, Doss. Look, it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's how my season's going. I've been, yeah, not great. So, I'm looking at those bargains, though, to sort of- even out that there your ticket, there your ticket, Doss. Yeah, that's that's where I'm heading. So especially anyway, when you got about 15 mil in your in your team value. Look, there's, okay, <laughs> I'll just I'll just give the listeners a clue as well. When you're posting out your trades for the week, go the go the option that I go with. Make sure you crop out that team value if you if you're in my sort of situation. It's a great way. You need to make sure you crop it out though, so you don't cop anything. I accidentally left it uncropped in our group chat this week. <laughs> oh, didn't we catch on to that? And I think Hef, Hef mentioned that his uh, his value was about a one million more than mine so uh, make sure you crop keep cropping uh, everyone and we'll see you next week see you next week guys